On 30th of September, Treasury Today and Standard Chartered Bank hosted a virtual sustainability roundtable on the topic of building knowledge for the future. In this informative afternoon, attendees heard from Michael Hart, Executive Director, Trade Product at Standard Chartered Bank, Denise Harut, Executive Director, Sustainable Finance at Standard Chartered Bank, and Frank Vector, Global Director, Treasury and Insurance at Puma. During the roundtable, the expert speakers talked about how treasurers can contribute to sustainability initiatives within their organisations, with a particular focus on building sustainable supply chains. Sophie Jackson, Treasury Today's joint publisher and head of strategic content, shared some of the findings from Treasury Today's 2020 Global Sustainability Study. We wanted with the study to find out how important sustainability was to respondents' organisations. So 61% said that sustainability was reflected in their organisation's core values. Denise Harut spoke about the groundbreaking work she's been doing to contribute towards relief efforts in Sierra Leone, as well as her work in developing a data science-backed gender-smart investment platform. Sierra Leone Access to Finance or SME Financial Inclusion project was quite instrumental because at a point when the entire market was shut down in Sierra Leone because of Ebola, we were experiencing all sorts of stakeholders reaching out to the bank, asking for help on how we can collaborate from the UN, from the governments, uh, from the World Bank Group, because nobody was really uh, sure what they could do in a very short period of time. So we as a bank took that as a, um, as a challenge and see how we could contribute towards the relief efforts, one of which was uh, us working with the Red Cross and the UN to help bring the aid workers and the money needed for the relief efforts into the country, but also uh, making sure the economy continues to pay for the jobs and continues to be, uh, local economy continues to be part of the relief efforts as well. And with now gender-responsive procurement, we recognize it's going to be one of the, the emerging teams where you know, big companies look at their uh, supply chains and make sure that they mitigate the risks through uh, supply chains. We need to do so in a way that we're not negatively impacting, particularly the women uh, working in the supply chains who are a big part of you know, the, the uh, production and manufacturing today. And Frank Vector talked about Puma's innovative sustainable supply chain finance program, leading into some interesting discussions about extending sustainable finance down the supply chain. What we did is, well, when you want to make something well available for financing, you need numbers, numbers, numbers. So you have to get numbers on the table. So, for example, when it comes to supply chain finance, we have to bring this rating on the table, which is then the parameter on which financing conditions get better or worse. Um, so what we did in the project is in the very beginning, the project in 2015 was started with International Finance Corporation, which is um, the corporate arm of, of, of World Bank. Um, and, and what we did is we have gone with these people through our rating methodology for our suppliers. We have presented them to them and, 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 and showed that what it is. And we received at the end of the day all clear that this is the methodology on which we may base the financing costs later on. And that, and that was the start of the breakthrough for this project. 
Michael, as I mentioned there earlier, I mean, Frank's in an industry sector that is specifically, you know, dedicated to this. Um, what if you're working for a company that isn't? What do standard charters say to companies that don't have a sustainable plan? And how do you work with Treasury to integrate sustainability? Can you give us um, an insight into some of the kind of conversations that you're having here? I think in, in the main, we're seeing a lot of interest from clients. Um, and some of that has been triggered by, by COVID. We look at again supply chain finance as a, as, a, as a product i would arguably say that the, the market was relatively mature a number of clients that we've spoken to over the years had either already introduced a, a solution um, or they said they would never need to use a solution you know they they take care of suppliers and their supply chains with preferential terms etc and therefore we would not look to as any supply chain finance from a bank i think with covid that has has changed they are now talking to us. Some clients have said they'd never use it in the past are now looking at the solution. To answer the other part on, you know, how, how do we you know, help treasurers that you know, have best intentions, want to invest and engage in sustainable trade finance? I think that there's, a, there's a couple of answers there. And I think there's also broader considerations, um, even down sort of changing regulation outside of sustainable finance. And one of those is, you know, changes that are afoot on Basel IV, for example. If, you, you know, if you're looking for treasures and what triggers um, there can be, Basel IV coming in probably now 2023 does change the regulation on, on finance quite significantly. Uh, and it does have an impact on, on trade finance. On the positive, it makes trade finance and pricing, not just trade finance, in fact, all aspects of finance. Uh, it makes pricing, for example, far more consistent and far more transparent across the banking industry where it's possibly going to have a negative impact is that it could very well make trade finance more expensive for for smaller suppliers that cost obviously goes somewhere in the ecosystem in the supply chain so i think there's you know there's a trigger there uh, for treasurers to have a look at from a cost angle and going back internally and having a look at that that if the costs go up in terms of the supply chain dare I say, it, even possibly to the, the extent that trade finance is not available for suppliers, it puts the risk on the supply chain and possibly it puts the risk on the quality of the goods and the sourcing um, and the practices of you know, some of the suppliers lower down the procurement tier. And I think that's where you know, in products like supply chain finance or deep tier financing, which is where I say earlier on is the financing of the supplier of the supplier, really really come in. Frank you and um, Puma have done some really innovative work on supply chain um, and you've been recognized going back to your work in 2015 so you're early adopters in this space. Tell us in your experience how Treasury can support sustainability within the supply chain. The answer is um, to continue innovating so we have to stay relevant with that what we are doing and for example and I'm sorry for that um, in that regard but going back to supply chain financing, because that is what we are doing for, for years now. But we have to also get, get further down. I think, Michael, you mentioned before that we have to go either in second, third tier of the supply chain, or what we want to do is um, we want to go in purchase order financing. So we want to go further out so that not only the invoices itself are financed, but also already the fixed purchase order. Um, and that is something which is also... Um, would bring, at least to that, what we are trying to do, a much longer financing period. And it would also fit quite well to the original sense of the word, supply chain financing. Because when we look at the supply chain 
um, our suppliers are not starting their investments only when they send out the invoice. They have to pay their workers before, they have to buy the raw materials before, they have to do this and that before. Um, so what we're doing now is, is basically maybe too short. So we have to extend that. Um, and that is where purchase order financing is coming in. You can take that right back before an invoice is, is raised. You can take it back to a purchase order. And if you've got that data over you know, a strong buyer-supplier relationship that goes back many years, you can identify, and there are examples in the market um, already, you can identify those trends and those patterns. And we, what I sort of refer to as the you know, propensity to be able to supply goods in a, you know, a safe, efficient, economical way, and also the propensity then of the buyer to ultimately approve that payment and approve the delivery of those goods. You can bring the finance piece significantly earlier in the supply chain. And what that actually does is that becomes a building back better is you're then helping the suppliers significantly more than, than we can do today. And the, the, the challenge why we've not been able to do that before, it, again, it comes down to purely down to data. Wearing my head as sustainable finance and, you know, appreciating the importance of data, particularly ESG performance data, as well as my long history in unlocking capital in developing countries for very difficult situations and promoting access to finance. I mean, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of creating these collaborative tools where data is shared more safely, fairly and meaningfully to unlock capital to support growth. I think there is abundance of data in various um, you know, parts of the ecosystem in silos, even as a single organization, we're unable to leverage the amount of data we sit on to be able to unlock capital more meaningfully. But when a buyer's ecosystem and financing partners come together and are able to establish a, a tool uh, that facilitates that financing, I mean, that's, that's to me, it, is the future that we would like to see. We would like to thank all the attendees at the Sustainability Roundtable, as well as our expert speakers, Michael Hart and Denise Harut from Standard Chartered Bank, and Frank Vector, Global Director, Treasury and Insurance at Puma. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode brought to you by Treasury Today and Standard Chartered Bank. Please don't forget to subscribe so you can keep an eye out for new episodes, wherever you get your podcasts.